Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Ibrox. <laughs> Hello and welcome to This Is Ibrox, the flagship podcast. Tonight with me, I have Craig, Kyle and Gavin. And we plan to give you a bit of a review of the weekend game before we then move on and look at the Leon game coming up on Thursday. Just before we drop into it, your This Is Ibrox podcast is brought to you by HHH Mortgages the one-stop shop for your mortgage and mortgage insurance needs. Contact them as soon as you can on 0122-55-31888 or via email at craig.bryce at hhhmortgages.com. You can visit the company socials at www.hhhmortgages.com and on Facebook as hhhmortgages. Listeners and viewers to the pod will receive free mortgage review and advice if they mention us. So, where to go, Bears? Okay, so before we get too far into this, um, Craig and Kyle, you were off as ambassadors for This Is Ibrox, I believe, and you were speaking on another podcast with Fansbet. Can you give folks a quick view? Yeah, absolutely. So we were asked by our friends at Fansbet to do a bit of a review of the start of the season, um, have a look back at last season as well, obviously winning 55 and what that meant to us, um, and speak a little bit about the journey as well um, from 2012 up till now. So uh, we answered a few a few questions on that one. Uh, I, think, I think an article was written as well um, around what we said. So um, it was really good, really fun, and you can check that out by uh, looking up at Fansbet on Twitter at this moment in time. Cool. Sounds like you had quite a bit of fun doing it as well, to be fair. 
It was good when Kyle could remember what he was supposed to say, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hear. I shouldn't laugh. That's going to set me up now, isn't it? <laughs> You'll be fine. Okay. Um, so, St. Johnston. Nervy one, actually. Um, Gavin, I'm going to come to you first because you actually mentioned this in the group chat. First time since 2018 we've come from behind for a win. How yeah. I was just going to say, you know, how, how how do you see that impacting us? I mean, it's it's a long time, to be fair, and it's maybe a bad thing, maybe a good thing. You know, maybe we just won everything last season, but even then, the games before, that's quite a long time not to come back. So how do you think that sort of sets us up for the season? It's funny because you, you look back like the last season, you think, well, how many times were we actually behind away from home and how relevant a start is it and we drew a few games but nothing major and then but when you actually think how how far away it is it's that sort of nervousness yeah. that nervousness that that we've had at away games from all going to drop points today even myself i was bad for it on the sort of whatsapp saying that it just didn't look like things were going to go our our way the sort of especially when tav crossed it for morelos and it was that Sort of Gascoigne Euro '96 moment, it's a couple of inches away, and you just think, no, nothing. But it's just not, it's not happening today. And uh, but they kept going, kept going, and that's why this this team we should have more faith in this team now because we keep answering the questions. That's a few, with a few blips, but they've they have managed to pick themselves up, and that was they got there in the end, and we could have could have scored more as well. Yeah, um, I mean. I think there was a few other opportunities, wasn't there, Kyle, that we could have maybe taken advantage of. Um, but as Gavin says, you know, we, we held on. We had that wee uh, moment of magic from Tav that was a bit special. Um, do you think, I mean, last season's a little bit different, but do you think maybe the seasons before this would have been a game that we perhaps wouldn't have come back into as we did this time? Yeah, I mean, possibly. I mean, I think that's certainly the type of game when that goal goes in, especially from uh, from a former player. I think a lot of the fans would maybe get riled up about that, maybe get behind, uh, get on the team's back and things like that. But it is different. I mean, it's that it's that old cliche. I think I've heard it a million times already this weekend. But that's the that's the type of win that the championships are won on. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it was a really good performance to come back. It's certainly one thing throughout the team. I, I wouldn't say as it we were perf- there was no uh, amazing sort of individual performances. Nobody stood out, but I think the key was we played as a team uh, and we kept going and we kept going. As you said, we had we had a few few opportunities. I recollect sort of Roof having a. He seemed to be the sort of liveliest in the first half. I think he had a. So an attempted overhead kick, which, which I was I was dying for that to go in, but uh, no Stephen Davis for no, he's certainly not. Um, but uh, and he had a a shot from outside the box, which was uh, if it was a wee bit further in the corner, it might uh, trouble Xander Clark. But I mean, yeah, it was a sort of routine save. But I mean, up until that point, um, when we got into half time, I wasn't particularly worried. I think that's what you and I were talking about, Craig. Um, was especially that we weren't panicking too much, and as you said, I mean, based on last season, I still had a lot of confidence and and proved to be right as well at the end of the day. Cool, and you stole my thunder slightly there, Kyle, because 
I was going to trot that line out, but um, yeah, <laughs> you know, it it is a bit of a cliche, but it is also true. Um, you know, yeah, it's lovely winning, you know, four or five, six, even seven nil. That's that's all fun and games, but more often than not, it is the games like that that you look back at. You know, we had the Motherwell game last season, for example. Um, do you think this might be looked back in a similar way, Craig? Do you think maybe, you know, if 56 does come the end of the season, that we'll look back at that and think that was a really important moment? Um, I'd say it's, for me, it's probably too early in the season to be one of those games that you look back at. I think the Motherwell game was, was that sort of around March time yeah. last year in, or was it February time um, and it was much closer to that to that final point for every every point as a prisoner I think at this stage of the season and I think as much as as much as people hate dropping points if you do drop a couple of points to a draw or whatever at this stage of the season it's still recoverable um, but I think if we when you get to February March time that's when it, it's really coming down to the crunch and you really can't afford to to be doing that but um, I think Getting the equaliser so quickly after St Johnston scored at the weekend was a really important thing for us. It really galvanised the fans as well. Um, they were there and the atmosphere was was great and it really spurred, it felt like it spurred the team on, much like it did at the fun game. I think it, you saw the team get a lift from, from, the, from the atmosphere and it, it really did spur the team on. I, didn't, I thought we lacked creativity at the weekend, um, to be honest. I think we... We struggled a bit, especially in the first half. I don't know if it's the, the the movement of the front three or Kent just being slightly off it. Still not quite at his full his full um, full bone best, but we struggled a wee bit creatively from that perspective. And had the moment of magic from Tav not happened, potentially um, struggled to see where where we would have got those opportunities from because we didn't actually create a great deal of clear cut opportunities. Um, and St Johnston are a, St Johnston are, are a good team. They've lost a couple of players um, over the summer. Um, Jason Kerr, uh, one of them at the back, who performed really well, but they've just slotted someone else into that system. So they were hard to break down. I think I think I heard um, Gerard after the game saying that the grass was longer and all and all that sort of I had to hear that, old school yeah. tricks and that sort of thing. So um, yeah. it's always good to come away with a win. Um, Dermot Park will be a tough place to go for a lot of teams this year. Oh. Agreed, agreed. And I think it's one of those as well. I suppose if we'd lost, it would be very easy to dismiss that as an excuse. Some people will probably still say it's an excuse, but I guess in a way it's kind of playing to their strengths. And, you know, I think it's something that we're going to have to be able to overcome. They're not going to be the only stuffy side in the SPFL this season. Um, so I think for me, you know, it's really important to kind of see out those results. What what did you make of Ryan Kent? Because although, you know, as you say, he was, I still felt a bit off the boil. He did get that assist for us. Um, so, you know, he he still had an impact in the game, even with him being off the boil. What, what do you reckon of that? Do you think he's still an important part of the team, even when he isn't 100%? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think Ryan Kent will always be one of the first names on the team sheet if he is fit. Um, I think he is really important to us as a team and how we play. And I think his unpredictable nature in terms of where he's going to go when he's got the ball at his feet and um, no, no defender likes him running at them. So that so that in itself creates issues for the other team that open up gaps for our other players. So 
I think he's one of the first names you have in the team sheets, even if he is off form, because he can run at players. He does have that bit of trickery around him. And he's he's always good for an assist or a, or a goal at, at opportune times. So I don't think you could you could risk leaving him out. Um, I I think it was at the end of the first half. I was looking for Scott Wright to come on. I felt like he was he was he would perhaps have the kind of impact that that we, that we would be looking for um, in the second half. Just that wee bit of extra creativity. Um, but I I think Ryan Kent's a starter every day of the week as long as he's fit. Yeah, yeah. Hard to disagree with that. To be fair, um, Kyle. What? So obviously, there. You know, we've talked about Ryan Kent. Craig mentioned Scott Wright as well. Do you think Scott Wright would have made a difference, or is this the sort of game where we're really crying out for, example, for Haji, um, who obviously is sidelined with the COVID? Yeah, I mean, I think you've taken the words right out of my mouth. I think this game was absolutely tailor-made for, for Hadji someday going in there, um, finding the passes between between the lines. I mean, I, I think that was it. I just I think there was a wee bit of a disconnect between the midfield uh, and the forwards at, at times. It just it just didn't seem to be clicking, it just didn't seem to be happening. I mean, I didn't think Davis was up to his I mean, he was still pretty decent, but he wasn't up to his normal sort of high standards. Um, I think Arribo's got to get a mention. I think uh, he would possibly a good shout out for my man of the match in terms of just his overall work rate and, and trying to sort of shift the play forward. But yeah, I, I, I mean, I think I said in the group chat, I was looking for maybe um, Sakala and, and, and Wright to come on just to inject that bit of pace just so somebody could find that that killer pass to, to meet onto them. Uh, but I mean, it, yeah. It, I would. It was. It was tailor made for Hadji that game, but it's just typical at the minute that, that he's out. Yeah. There's nothing yeah, we, you can do about it. We just can't seem to catch a break at the minute, can we? To be honest, um, yeah. it seems no sooner do we get past one COVID issue, we've got another one. Um, yeah. Gavin, just lastly on the St Johnston game, then uh, Phil Hollander obviously went off injured. Now, I made. I wouldn't say it's a bold claim. I stick by it but I said he's probably our best defender thus far this season I know Goldson's played more but I think Lander for me has just been a little bit more dominant and steady how how much do you think that's going to change the way we set up certainly for you know the last of that game obviously we had um, Simpson come on but obviously going forward as well what kind of an impact do you see that having I think it's more as you saw a couple of years ago, the the, the depth when we lost Hollander, um, it, it's then having somebody of the same quality. A lot of things that Hollander does, he does it that efficiently and easily. He, it, it doesn't look like he's doing something yeah. bad. So just closing somebody down and, and making the interception in midfield rather than being sort of left. Even on, on Saturday, I think I'm in the minority bath, I was a little bit unlucky um, in a couple of the moments with Hollander because he's he realised he couldn't step up. And for all everybody says that Hollander's slow, but Hollander didn't lose him for pace. Hollander's kept on the right side. He's actually got the foot in, nicked the ball, but he's kicked it off of Hollander's heel, which has then allowed him to step inside right. because he's lost his foot in. Same when he got injured as well. He's got the tackle in, and then it's ricocheted and falling straight to Hollander and into the box again. So, But going forwards, it's more the demands on Balogun how often he can play mm-hmm. and then when he can't play we're going down to Simpson and in fairness to Simpson he did well on 
on Saturday when he came on. Um, considering we were under quite a lot of pressure, it wasn't a, an easy game to come into in terms of we were 3-0 up and he was able to sort of stroll about uh, and all that sort of stuff. He was under quite a lot of pressure when, when he came on. So you just kind of hope that his progression sort of keeps going and that even that sort of 10, 15 minutes at the weekend will give him a bit of a, a confidence boost because he's, he's looked a bit nervous so far. But yeah. another option, another option, Bassi as well. Born um, as fit again because um, Bassi started the season confidently. So it might be that Gerard has a look at him playing, playing next to next to Goldson and seeing how he gets in that position. That's where the player himself sees himself playing in a few years' time. Yep, agreed. Um, sticking with you then, Gavin. Uh, are we heading towards a defensive crisis? Um, I've, I've seen it bandied about. Um, I'm not sure we're quite there yet, personally myself, but. You know, a lot of folk are talking about it. What do you think? Depends on Goldson. To one certain times, uh, how long he's actually out for. It's it's. Gerard never says anything without a, a purpose, yeah. and he intentionally didn't say when he was going to be available or if he wasn't available. So, um, I've got a hunch he'll be starting on Thursday night. I think. Be nice, feeling, wouldn't it? Yeah, um, I think he'll he'll be starting, but. Um, even still, I think with Goldson and Balogun, um, most weeks we've got enough. Simpson should be able to play when he's when he's called upon. Um, old Firm last year for one game, he did okay in that. Um, he had the one instant with Edward where he lost it, but again, he's tried to get a foot in and tried to turn them and made a mess of it. But he's, there's a few bits there where he should be able to do a job. And again, Against sort of so-called lesser teams, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Bassi next to Goldson. I think he's done. He played there in the cup game. Bassi alongside Goldson was might be seen for Yeah, I think. Like, I think he played Barcy. there no long after he joined, didn't he? Yeah. Played at centre back. He's got Goldson one side and Barsic the other, and <laughs> wow. experienced boys beside him. And the thing with with Bassi, he's got great recovery pace. So even if he does make a mess or something, he's got enough time. Like even at the weekend. That's the sort of thing where Bassi would have got there first because he's yeah. quicker and stronger. He would have got across. So an interesting one, but I don't think we're, I don't think we're there yet. It's more a long term thing in terms of Alander keeps picking up these injuries and Balogun uh-huh. can't play every week. So do we need to look at a, a more permanent long term option? Agreed. Um, and just moving on, um, you know, as as you said, obviously Alander's picking up the injuries. You've got Balogun as well. That's quite injury prone. Kyle, how how do you manage that? I mean, obviously you're not the manager, but you know, if you were, how how would you kind of account for that? Yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing. I mean, I, I think we do have good cover at, at centre half. I mean, I'm not too sure what the rules are in terms of um, if Goldson is um, out with a with a COVID issue. I'm not sure if there's anything written in UEFA that we can, you know, the sort of type of emergency goalkeeper type situation where we can maybe draft someone in. I don't know, that's just speculation, but um, as Gav said, I wouldn't be, if Golden wasn't playing, I wouldn't be overly worried about Bassey coming in and, and, and filling that there. Uh, obviously, Katic would uh, be a likely, we've still got him to come back, we've got his January recall, if there is still issues going on at the, the, the same the defence, but I mean, we've, we've had guys in there before, um, 
I would I would have no issues with, with Bassey playing at the back. Um, I'm trying to think as well. I, I don't even know. Lundstrom might be in with a shout. I could see the fear in Craig's eyes, as I mentioned, John Lundstrom. But I mean, if it really, really came to it, I think he would possibly be an option um, to, to put in there as well. Or there's there's the two. Um, I think we've got two two sort of to the B squad in, in that Euro team as well. Lewis Mayo and yeah, Leon King, isn't Leon it? King, yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, we've we've chucked guys in there before. I seem to remember a, a, a young Ross McCrory getting his debut in an old firm game and, and doing particularly well in it. So, yeah, I, I, it's entirely down to Gerard what happens. But I do think there is options there. Um, and I have a sneaky suspicion that I think we'll see Goldson back, fingers crossed, on Thursday. <laughs> Agreed. Um, okay, so it's a bit more of a hypothetical for yourself, Craig. Just say we did need to bring someone in. Do you go with the youth that Kyle mentioned there? So you Lewis Mayo, you're Leon King, or do you have a look at the free transfer market and see what's available there? I don't know. Every option that Kyle mentioned there, apart from Goldson coming in, gives me the fear. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I don't. I don't think. Does it, or did you just hear Lundstrom and that was it? You didn't hear anything else. <laughs> No, as, as impressed as I've been with Calvin Bassey um, at the start of this year, I think moving him into centre-half, it might, it might work in, in, in some of the LA Cup games, but I don't think against Leon that's really the solution that we should be looking for. Um, I think you want someone who's as comfortable as possible in that position. And if you, as long as they can, they can be experienced as well, then all, all, the, all the better, I think. Goldson and Balogun has to be the centre-half partnership um, on, on Thursday night. I don't, I, I don't think we can... Um, I think if anything, if it's anything else, we're in trouble. I've, I've, put, I've put my head on a chopping block there, but I think they are, Leon are a good team that shouldn't be underestimated. And I know we'll come on to, yeah. to talking about that, but they have some real high quality in there. They're not scared. They've not been scared to spend money in their squad as well. So as good as our record has been in Europe um, and as, as good as, um, as confident as we are of any team that comes to Ibrox, um, if we have... A partnership at the at the weekend that's there on Thursday. Sorry, there's not some variation of Goldson and Balogun. Um, then surely it's only option. But if it's not those two, then I will I will have the fear. Okay, fair enough. Um, so yeah, moving on to the upcoming game with Leon. Then um, that and. I was surprised when I saw this as well. That's actually their 50th European game as a management team for Gerard, McAllister, Beal and Go. Um, and that's in just over three years. That's pretty damn impressive when you think, and I know it was an aberration, but the season before we were punted out by Progress Niedergorn. Um, Even sort of going back before that, we'd had a couple of, sort of issues in the qualifying rounds so to achieve 50 games in such a short space of time. And I'm well aware, you know, some of them are qualifiers, but by the same token, you know what, 18 of them are group stage games. Um, there's another, what, six that are after the group stage. So, I mean, that's some transformation from Pedro arguing in a bush with people, so to speak. How, how important do you think that's been for almost putting a bit of pride back in the fan base, being able to say, yeah, you know, we can compete at that European level, Craig? 
I think Europe gave Gerard a bit of grounding within within the fan base for the first couple of seasons when he was building the team. I think the improvement in European performances showed showed the fans that there was something being built and there was a, a solid base and a solid grounding being built there. We um, we obviously didn't have that consistency in the league, um, which we were striving for and which Gerard yeah. Gerard and the management team were were battling to try and find um, transfer window after transfer window. So I think. Had we been performing poorly in Europe as well as having that inconsistency in the league, I think attitudes towards Gerard and the management team would have been quite different. So I think from that perspective, Europe has, has been a real positive for us since Gerard just came in. And it's been great just being on that stage again and, and showing yeah. That, yeah. That, that we can compete. We spent so long um, saying, oh, when we're, when we're back in Europe, that's when we'll be really back. And I think... Um, I think a lot of us potentially thought it was wishful thinking for a while. Um, and when we actually got there and over the past three seasons, as it's built year after year, um, the level of confidence and the level of, uh, the level of support amongst the fans has been, it's been fantastic. And Europe's been vital to that. And it's, it, as a fan, it's, it's amazing going to, going to the games. Um, obviously in the past, it would have been Champions League games at the moment. It's Euro, Europa League games, but the atmosphere is still, um, incredible at, at those games and uh, after, I, I for one I'm looking forward to the atmosphere on Thursday night. I think as well you know it sounds harsh but it's a lot's changed in 10 years you know it, uh, you look at some of the teams that we've played in the Europa League now and you're thinking you know wow they should be Champions League teams and yet they're in the Europa and you know and obviously we've got that third league as well now with the Conference League it's actually quite a strong Europa League this season, I would say, looking at it. Um, Gavin, on yourself, I'm curious, how how do you how do you see the management team? What's your views on the sort of constant chop and change from a European game where you, you know it's going to be quite open, we're going to play, they're going to play, to you know how do you convert the players from playing against ten men behind the ball at Parf? to them facing Leon with some of the players that they've got? I think that it was one of the things that you noticed straight away, as Craig was saying there, about the way we set up in Europe. It was almost like that was the first thing they worked on because you knew that success in Europe would bring the finances, which meant they would then be able to buy better players. So, accepting maybe that winning the league in the first season wasn't going to be realistic, but at least making decent money from Europe would be health in the, in the long run. So it looks straight away that that was the priority in training to, to develop a system for in and out of possession in Europe where you do have more potential in terms of actually being able to play it's be proper football rather than um, attack against defence. And it's actually a more straightforward, almost more less complicated way of playing rather than relying on individuals like like Ken or Haji to actually break down or Abdul Arbo as well to break down an opposition defence on their own or do have a bit of magic whereas in Europe it's more about structure and how the team's set up and so goals like the one against Galatasaray last year where it's it's a pattern of play and something's been worked on, something's been developed and you can't really do that sort of thing most weeks in Scotland because the bodies are all behind the ball, they're in the box and it's um, 
a lot of times against St Johnson, you could see sort of little one twos and just sort of trying to then a change football. It was it was close, but it just wasn't quite there. Passes were getting overhead or defenders because there's that many defenders there, they were getting in the way. So you can see them trying to do it, but it's not quite the same. So um, I just think likes a likes a lean it'll be a similar sort of shape. It's just a shame that likes a Ryan Jack isn't fit for his it's usually yeah. mid, it's midfield three that's that's tried and, and tested at that level and kind of they know same with Haji on that right hand side, he knows his role on that that four three three in, in Europe and it's it's something that works really well. It's just uh, just a shame that a couple of the key players from that ecosystem aren't going to be available. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um and Kyle, for yourself, do you think um I mean obviously there was quite a good article from Beal, Michael Beal put quite a good article out about kind of how they set up in Europe and stuff. How much do you think the constant change of personnel at the minute is going to disrupt that? And I mean, obviously, it's out with their control. I'm not saying they've chosen to chop and change players, but, you know, COVID's kind of dictated it. Do you think that'll have an impact at all? Yeah, I mean, changing the team is always going to have an impact. I mean, I think for over on certain over the last couple of seasons, you could have rhymed off the team sheet for who was starting in, in most European games but I mean it's about it's about overcoming it's about adapting we've got a big squad I mean I think that was one of the most important sort of takeaways in the transfer window is we didn't let anybody go we've only all we've done is added three players to it I don't think I mean Katic isn't going to be particularly a great miss I don't think it and I'll say that ironically as we've might not have uh, two centre halves uh, fit centre half starting, but um, and I don't think Kitten's going to be a great miss as well. I I'm really really hoping to see players like uh, Sakala uh, coming alive in Europe. I think I, I, I'm sure we'll come on to the potential starting eleven, but I, I think he's in with a with a real good shout. I think we've seen glimpses of what he could do, uh, especially in that St Johnson game. I know he was offside. He should have finished that 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 ball from uh, from Lundstrom. Um, and uh, yeah, maybe Bakuna as well. I think we'll see him introduced at some point as well. But yeah, with the with the changes in the squad, we just have to to wait and see. But as the guys have already mentioned, in Europe we have excelled. We've we've really really taken it to teams. I think particularly against the the big teams. I mean, you look at um, in particular Benfica uh, last year. They were one of the best teams I think I've seen play in terms of the way they move the ball about. And and we we were we were better than them for for most uh, most of the, the two legs. So um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. It's always disruptive having changes, but I've got confidence in the team. Yeah, I think um, McAllister spoke about it after the old firm game, didn't he? And it's the sort of unity across the entire squad rather than just you know the starting eleven. Okay, so looking at Leon then. Obviously, there's a few players there that we know. Um, Gavin, who for you would you say are the danger men with Leon? Um, the obvious one's going to be Dembele because it's basically because of pace as, as much as anything. Um, and again, it, it depends. That, that's why I'm frustrated about what sort of Hollander being, being out in terms of the sort of goals and Hollander being available because I'd like to think that Hollander, Hollander's sort of centre half that would be marking tighter and because of the way that we play in Europe again it's for all that we might be sitting deeper as a, as a collective team and that sort of mid block that we use tends to work really well but he'd actually be closer to 
Dembele rather than so us being further away from the midfield and always getting played into space and behind. Um, but I don't know if Shakiri's been playing a lot, but he's another player that um, can really give sort of space and time to certainly round about the box because on his day, he, he's capable of scoring from anywhere, really. And that's they're the sort of players in Europa League that they tend to do quite well if they're, if they're given space. But I'd like to think like so Stephen Davis and Kamara will be playing in the same sort of areas as he'll be operating in. Agreed. Do you, Kyle, do you think um, do you think Balogun would have started this, even if Holander was fit? Or do you think he would have gone with Holander? I mean, I'm with Gavin. Personally, I think probably I would prefer Holander, but I suppose almost the historic evidence almost tells us that it might well have been Balogun that started this one. Yeah, I mean, I think Gerard does tend to favour uh, maybe Balogun sometimes in Europe, for, especially for playing against uh, pacey attackers. Uh, I'm totally with you guys in this. Uh, you've got, for me, you've always got to play your best central uh, defensive partnership, and, and it's Hollander and uh, Um But yeah, it, it, I don't have a. I'm, I'm, again, I'm fairly happy if Balogun plays, especially in that performance he had. Uh, I mean, because Craig was saying he had the fear in the old firm game because I, I know in the car on the way up. And, and look at right. I mean, he was superb in that game. If we can get a, if we can get another performance like that out of him, um, yeah, hopefully he'll, he'll, he'll do all right if he starts. You know what I find interesting as well, actually, um, just what you mentioning about Dembele's pace there, Gavin, is... Um, you're talking about the old firm game, Kyle. Obviously, for the vast majority of that, he was up against another, you know, really quick attacker. And yeah, I, I mean, I was the same as you. I saw the lineup. I was like, oh, no, this isn't good. But, you know, fair play to the guy. He pretty much pocketed him for the game until he moved off into the centre. So, you know, I think there's definitely the opportunity there. Um, we just need to see how it goes. What about yourself, Craig? I mean, we've touched on Shakiri, we've touched on Dembele. Um, you know, nobody's going to want to hear it because it's a Rangers podcast, but Dembele is a good player. He's, he knows where the net is. And, you know, the, let's face it, there's a reason most Rangers fans were glad to see the back of him. Um, you know, is there anyone else that stands out for you for? Um, they've got, I was actually surprised at how many players of quality that Leon had um, that I didn't realise, to be honest. I'm normally, normally quite across who the sort of the, the bigger teams in each of the countries have in their squad, but Leon was one of the teams that, that, I, that I didn't actually realise the extent of the quality they had. Um, so, as you say, Dembele, um, his record at Ibrox is unfortunately really good. Yeah. Um, so he'll, he'll turn up with full of confidence. Um, he scored a great goal at the weekend, um, which uh, found the top corner. Um, you got the likes of Shakiri uh, that was mentioned. Um, I think uh, I think it's is it Lucas Paqueta. Um, I don't think he's allowed to come over because he was in South America um, during the international break. So I think the government have blocked him coming over. Um, by all accounts, he's what makes them tick in the middle of the park. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they how they replace that. But they've got the likes of Islam Slomani, who used to play for. Yeah. For Leicester, they've got uh, Jerome Boateng, uh, who's, obviously, who's obviously at Bayern Munich. They've got Emerson Palmieri, who won uh, Euro 2020 with Italy. Um, they've got loads of players. Um, 
you know, you mentioned Jason Denier at the back as well, who's another yeah. one who'll be coming, who'll be coming back. So they're a team full of full of faces that we would recognise. Um, and ultimately they are the number one seed in our group for a reason. So yeah. I don't think they're a challenge to be taken lightly. But again, like like has been discussed, we've um, faced up to the likes of Benfica, Porto in recent seasons, and we've shown that we're more than a match for teams like that. So I think we can go in with confidence, but it, it just has to be measured confidence, I think, not, not over-the-top confidence. Yeah, for sure. I think it's one of those, you know, they've definitely got the opportunity to hurt us. Um, and we, you know, we can't sit there in fear, but equally we can't afford to go totally gung ho. Um, do you think? Do you think the way that Leon are going to play will suit us more, Gavin? Especially with what you were talking about before about how we almost sort of set up our European template before we even started looking at the league properly. Do you think that's going to be a help? I think it depends who we set up with. To be honest with more so in the front three, uh, who we go with if safe, well, can't will start. Um, and then it'll depend on if right plays or Sakala starts. Um, with Kyle, I'd, I'd like to see Sakala starting. Who you do well, it's Morales' competition, so you can't really drop yeah. Morales. So then, yeah. well, you can use Ruth's injury, pass the same role. Start him off on the bench. At least you know you can get a good 60, 70 minutes at Morelos and then bring Ruth on, Borsh Sakala, because he's obviously not fully match fit yet. But we're more likely to have space behind them, or more likely to have opportunities to counter attack. I just think it would be daft not to have at least two players that have got serious, serious pace. So Kent Sakala and Morelos, or Kent Ruth, Kent Morelos, right. I'd like to see two out of three forwards having a decent pace. However, I've got a sneaky feeling we'll put Juarable as one of the three. Yeah, I think you'll I think you'll see a very similar setup to what the old firm game was. I think in the in the first half of the old firm game, it was almost like we were feeling Celtic out. We weren't quite sure what they were going to turn up with. Um, and I it's a, it's a sort of tactic you see as use a lot in the European games as well, especially for the first games in the group stage or, or the first legs of the knockout ties first 20 minutes it's very much a don't concede anything keep it solid at the back and, and we'll figure out how they're going to try and attack us and then it tends to be around 30 minute mark onwards is when we start to settle into the game and when we start to to pick our holes and in, in the opposition's tactics and that's when you see Gerard out um, shouting his instructions and Beals out there as well with McAllister and they're they're marshalling the team around because um, they've they, by that stage they've worked out how the other team are playing. So, um, so I think you've seen a very similar setup to that. I mean, I'd be surprised if if we didn't see this pretty much the same starting lineup. Obviously, Balogun moving into centre half instead of Hollander, and then uh, Tav coming back in at right back. Mm-hmm. I, I'd be. Um, I think that that um, setup worked. Um, it potentially lacked a wee bit of creativity at the fr- at the front three. Um, Kent, Morelos and Roof not quite gelling together um, the only change you potentially make is um, Aribo becoming part of the front three um, instead of Roof potentially because that's a tactic that worked last season um, but I think you'll find the way we play will be very similar to how we played in that old front game okay. And for yourself Kyle do you 
do you see the sort of speed being the option that they're going to follow? I mean, obviously, St. Johnston, you know, you, you can put pacey players on, but there's not going to be as much space for them to run into, whereas potentially, as Gavin said, you know, there's going to be an awful lot there. Do you, do you think that's the route they'll go? Or are you with Craig and they'll maybe stick to kind of what we know? Yeah, I, I, I'm leaning towards this, Gavin uh, on this one with, uh, I think they've got to go with pace. I mean, albeit they're going to have a World Cup or potentially a World Cup winning central defender playing for them. I mean, Boateng is a, is a fantastic player. Um, I think he's obviously in the latter stage of his career. Um, but yeah, I, I would quite like to see the pace. Uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to Thursday. I mean, it goes without saying, but I think this game has got a real extra bit of bite, especially with Dembele coming back to, to Ibrox. I mean, he's going to get pelters from the crowd. Um, and and the thing about it, it's a, it's going to be a Rangers team that he's not faced before. He's used to he, this is not the quality of Rangers team that he's used to to playing against. I mean, he's played against some really poor defenders that we've had. I mean, it's all good being able to take it past Rob Keenan and scoring a couple of goals. But I mean, if Goldson and and Balogun are fit, it's a totally different game. I think our confidence is is totally different. Um, and the other thing. I think the crowd's got a massive part to play in it tomorrow, uh, sorry, on Thursday as well. Uh, I mean, it's something as well, Balogun said it after the old firm game, that that was one of the things that kept him going throughout the game. Hollander said it after it, it was, it was just crazy. Uh, and obviously, it's one of our most famous famous results in Europe. I remember <laughs> I remember the night very well when we, when we defeated Leon 3-0 three, three away. Um, right. Fortunately, the home leg wasn't so good with a bit of a Benzema masterclass and whatever happened to him. And um, but yeah, I, I think I think we will ultimately go with the pace, um, and we'll see how we'll see how that Leon team reacts to to the Ibrox crowd as well on Thursday. Yeah, I think as well. Um, you mentioned the crowd there a couple of times. Part of me almost wonders. I mean, as you said, you know, Dembele is going to get pelters. Um, I don't think there's any getting past that. Um, I just wonder if the fact you've got him and you've got Jason Denier, I wonder if that's going to feed the crowd a little bit. Um, you know, there is sometimes a tendency if things are a bit cagey or a bit shaky that, you know, the fans get a bit nervous and it transfers on the pitch. I just wonder if having that couple of ex-Celtic players will give them an added edge where, you know, they are fully focused on just pushing the team on for the full 90 minutes regardless like in the old firm um okay so talking about lineups then um we'll go for goalkeeper first so craig who are you thinking i think it's mcgregor all day long i don't think there's any arguing about that We've potentially not seen him as much as we would have expected to this point in the season but i don't think there's any argument that mcgregor comes in okay Kyle. yeah McGregor all day long. There's no question about it. His record in, in Europe speaks for itself. Even if you were to only show me the, the save against Veda Bremen and the save in that Slavia Prague game, he starts every game in Europe for me. Right. And Gavin, are you the same? Yeah, Paul McGregor and goals. Yeah, I think that's full house. It's going to come a time where it won't be him, but I think for now, you know, it, you just can't see past him, can you? Okay, so defence. <laughs> Tricky one. Um, obviously, there's a bit of questions on who's available, but who do you think we're going to see, Gavin? Uh, I think, as I said before, I think Goldson is going to be available. Um, so I think it'll be Pav, 
Groves in Balogun and Barisic. Cool. Kyle, any difference on that, or is that what you expect to see as well? I'm the exact same. I'm I'm going to be optimistic. I, I'm hoping that, that Gerard's just playing a bit of mind games with this one and is keeping the uh, the Goldson chat up his sleeve. And yeah, I look forward to clapping him out in the kitchen Thursday. <laughs> right. And Craig has had the same for you as well, mate. Same as well, yeah. I think I read today somewhere, and I don't know how reliable this was, is, so I potentially don't quote me on this, but apparently Goldson's isolation ends on Tuesday. So, ah, um, okay. so that would give him a, hopefully a day's training and then into the game. Yeah, I think you've got to assume as well, um, you know, he's probably going to have been doing some work because he's only been isolating, hasn't he? Um, you know, I don't know if he's had the symptoms or anything. So I'd imagine that they've gotten some equipment home, you know, got him to keep up on the fitness at least. And then it's just a case of on the on the actual park training once he gets back with the group. Um, I'll be honest, I, I expect it to be the same. Um, I was singing up Bassi's praises not so long ago, but I think for me, you know, there was never any doubt Barisic was the better player. It was just, you know, he hadn't been doing it that season. Um Whereas I think now, you know, he's a wee bit further on. He seems to have picked up a bit. And again, a bit like McGregor, I actually can't see past him for this one, to be quite honest. Um, So moving on to the midfield then, uh, who who do you think you're going to see in there, Craig? Uh, I was hoping you weren't coming to me first there for that one. So I think uh, Kamara and Davis are absolute stick-ons in there. just whether you see Joe Aribo as part of the front three or you see him in the midfield, I think on this occasion it will be as part of the midfield. Um, so I think he'll and he'll be in there with um, with Kamara and Davis. Davis. Okay, Kyle, I think you mentioned Aribo in the front three, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, there is always that option to go and uh, stick. Um... Uh, a rebo in the front three. I, I mean, I know Gerard's favoured Scott Arfield in the past in midfield. He's always somebody that I could see coming in. Um, I'm not entirely sure. Do you guys know what Hadji's COVID status is? He's definitely out for that game. I, I've seen conflicting, but I believe he is, yeah. Um, Will you go on to your source, Craig, and find out for us? All right. Craig, are you are in the know now, are you? <laughs> I will never claim to be in the know. <laughs> I will always caveat my information. Don't you worry. Yeah. I mean, another thing, again, I know Craig probably won't like hearing this, but I, I, I always see Lundstrom as an option. I mean, I think he's shown in the last sort of, sort of wee cameo appearance that he's seen. I thought, I thought he was excellent in the last uh, 10, 10 minutes of that, that St. Johnson game. And um, tell you what, that ball then um, from out wide, hoofed. That was something. Yeah. That was something. Although I think you're right. I'm pretty sure I just saw Craig's eyes like get bigger <laughs> as you said the name, to be fair. But yeah. So so who do you think then? Kyle, who are we going with? I'm gonna go with a rebo after saying they might be in the, the front three, yeah. Davis and Kamara, and I expect to see Arfield and uh Lundstrom on at some point. Okay. Um what about yourself, Gavin? Uh, what I think will be is Arable as well with Davis and Kamara. I think that's what he'll go with. 
Okay. And you were talking about a rebo out wide as well, weren't you? It was yourself and Kyle that were saying uh, as, as Kyle was saying, it, it wouldn't surprise me though if, if our fields in midfield and out of those further forwards. Wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. But, uh, so is that who you would like to see or just, you know, who you think? Yeah, yeah I think I, I'd rather have because he's shown out of I think his defensive work's hugely underrated. Um, yeah. And it's he's still got that potential. You can, you can change the system and your style of play without making a substitution. You've got him in the team because he's, he is good at the defensive stuff, but a subtle tweak and you can, you can straight away put him further forward in front of Davis and Kamara rather than alongside him in a five. Uh, he doesn't no, have to do bad for you know a big, tall, gangly guy, predominantly an attacker. It's not the sort of person you would usually associate with kind of getting back and getting into the sort of dirty work of defending, if you will, but you do see it. He puts he puts in a shift. He scoots about. Um, I think for myself, I tend to agree. To be honest, um, I I actually quite like Rebo in midfield for that exact reason. Um, I know he can play out on the right, but I think he's a little bit predictable when he plays there. Sometimes, um, I mean, he's got the feet and he can get past people but you know he's going to be trying to chop it back to his left. Um, whereas I think from midfield, he can chip in with the defensive work, but he can also kind of almost decide which side he wants to go and keep them guessing a bit. So for me, I actually like him in midfield, you know, as the furthest forward of the three. So that moves us on to our attack. Kyle, who, who do you think we're going to see up front? Yeah, well, as, as I've already alluded to, I think I'll stick my neck out a wee bit here. I think we'll see Kent on the left. I think we'll see Alfredo through the middle. And I think we'll see Sakala on the right. Um, I mean, the, the fact that obviously he was playing in Belgium last year, I mean, it's not, I was going to say it's a similar level to the French league, but it's maybe slightly below it. But I, I think, they, especially the game is Real Madrid as well, that's really the only game we've seen them performing. And there was, there was that there was that space at the back, and that, that's how he got his goal. So, I, I do expect to see him. So, yeah, that'll be my front three. Kent, Morelos and uh, Sakala. Okay. Gavin? Uh, I want I want him to go the, the same as Kyle's pick there, but I, I think he'll go Ruth, Morelos and Kent. But I'd rather it was Kent, Morelos and Sakala. Okay. Craig, you're nodding away there. Yeah, I agree with, with Gavin. I think um, I think Ruth, Morelos and Kent is his starting front three. Um, if they're all fit, and I think that's who he's going to go with for for Thursday. Um, they struggled a bit movement wise and and uh, creatively. Um, as I think I've probably mentioned about every answer I've put in um, tonight. Um, but normally, Riff's movement is what allows is what allows the other two to find space and perform. So hopefully that that comes back in uh, on Thursday night. Um, I think for me. Uh... So I'm with you guys. I think he probably is going to start Morelos, Roof, and Kent. I would actually quite like to see Kent and Scott Wright alongside Morelos. I think there's enough there that they could do some damage. I think, you know, Scott Wright has shown that he can step up when he needs to, and it is a big game, but I think it's the sort of game that would play into his hands. There is space that he can run off into, and I think he could put in a shift there, but... Yeah, I think, you know, we're going to see the usual Ruth, Ruth Kent and Morelos. So, 
looking lastly, um, I, I've got a stand to do a results prediction, but um, I think when you do a results prediction, you know, you always want to sort of predict a Rangers win or a draw at worst. You know, you folk don't sort of sign on to watch a podcast for us to say, yeah, I think we're going to get spanked 5-0 here. So um, what we'll do is we'll go through, we'll get the predictions off of everyone real quick, but then we'll just have a chat as well about what we think would maybe be acceptable rather than what we think is going to happen. So I'll start with you, Craig. Who, what do you think the score is going to be at the end? Yeah, I think when the draw was made, I was probably more confident than I am now, especially after seeing who, who is actually in the Leon squad. Um, but I'm confident we can still put in a performance as such. And at home, you know, we want to go off to a good start. Um, I'm going to go one each, a one-one draw. Um, I just think the teams will be quite evenly matched on Thursday. Um, so. It may be a different story in France, but I think at Ibrox, I think both teams will be evenly matched. So go for one each, um, get a first point on the board against the top-seeded team and uh, hopefully do the business against Sparta, Prague and Bronby later in the group. Okay. Gavin, what do you see the score being? Yeah, I think I think one is a good show as well, to be honest with you. Um, I think because it's our first game, rather than like the third or fourth game, I think we'll be tighter than we normally are. I just think that in the game, because like Hollanders are there, I, I, a lot of the pep is playing in the middle of the fans, but when all's on the side of caution, I think. Okay. And Kyle, what about yourself? Yeah, splinters in the bum time, going to sit on the fence as well and, and, and go with, a, I think, a score, score draw. Um, I think 1-1-2-2, one, one, two, two, I think that's probably about the, the result uh, that we, we should be sort of aiming for. Um, I said this, but you never know in these European nights. I mean, you look at you look at teams before. I mean, it's, I think the two atmospheres in particular that I'd pick out in the last sort of fifty games under Gerard and Co. is is the um, the Braga game that was unbelievable. The atmospheres. Yes. I really think that played into the crowd. And um, the other one would be uh, the the Polish team. The uh, who what were they called against? Um, Legia Warsaw. Legia Warsaw, that's the one. That game was unbelievable as well. So, as I said, it depends. I very much agree with you. I think the crowd will be similar to the old firm and, and, and really, really get behind the team. And if and if that's the case, who knows? We might sneak a win, but we'll see. Okay. Um, I'm going to go for a 2-1. I actually think this game could be what we need, to be quite honest. Um, you know, we're not playing against a stuffy team well aware you know they've got definite quality in there um but they are going to play and i just think if we've got some basic players up front i think we have got enough that we can do some damage too um partly what i want partly what i think i guess if i'm being totally honest but i do think there's potential there for us to take something um so as i mentioned i want to have a look as well, just really quickly. It is the top seed in the group. Um, they are a good team. There's no getting past that. What What would you say is acceptable for, I suppose, both this game and the return in France? What What do you think we should be aiming to take from that, Craig? Um, it's one of those ones where you probably don't know until we're two or three games into the group. Um, if Leon are going about smashing every team in the group, then... 
that's fine. Off they go, beat everyone. We'll play it amongst ourselves for, for the second spot. Not entirely sure that's how it will go. Um, and when you're at home, you always you always want to pick up. That's where you most that's where you, probably where you feel most confident picking up points. So I think minimum uh, on Thursday is a draw. Um, I think away from home, it's take what you can get. I think, but I think both games should, um, as we discussed during the pod, I think both games should play into our normal style of European play. Um, so hopefully that may actually give us a bit of an edge. And I suppose we did beat them last year, albeit a, a pre-season friendly. Right, right, right. Nah, we'll just take it, it's fine. We'll take it. Um, Kyle, what about yourself? What, what do you think we should be aiming for from these games, points-wise? Yeah, I mean, looking back, and I think we're looking something similar to sort of last year. Maybe, maybe two points against Leon, probably looking at acceptable and 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 maximum points really from from the other two games. Um, I think, I mean, as a as a far more difficult competition this year, that the quality of teams is is far superior. Um, I, I don't know an awful lot about Bromby. I can't really imagine them causing too many problems. Prague as well. Yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see how we got on. And uh, but I said I'm looking for. Ideally, looking as as optimistic as I can be, twelve points from the from the uh, the Prague and Bromby games, and and you're know, looking one or two. Um, I think would probably be acceptable from a Leon game. Okay, and what about yourself, Gavin? Leon games for me, it's a good performance. That that's really setting a target in terms of points. But I want us to show the same as we've shown against the bigger teams in the week before, like so the Porto and Benfica games, where if we turn up, you never know. Morales on his day could win us both games. If you don't turn up, then yeah, what you what you're given really if you don't turn up against good teams. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And again, it is all about the form, I guess. What we show on the night, you know, we know what we're capable of. But then, you know, we we've seen other games this season where perhaps we haven't hit those heights. I think for me, um, I think the minimum I'd be looking to pick up is a point. Um, so, you know, you'd want to draw at least once. I think best, best case, four. You know, if we could sketch a win this one and a draw, I think that would be a hell of a result. And, you know, we should be really proud of that. But I think, you know, I'd want to pick up a draw in at least one of the games, even if we did end up losing the other one. And I guess probably Ibrox, as you said, is where, we're. you know, we should be looking to pick up a point there perhaps, and then, you know, see what happens when we go over there. Okay, so that's it for tonight. Thank you very much, everyone, that's taken the time to listen to this. It's appreciated. And hope you all enjoy the rest of your evening. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.